Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Tyler is in for Lindsay today. What do you got? Hey, George. So, the Taco Tuesday wars wage on. Declaring a mission to liberate Taco Tuesday for all, Taco Bell has formally requested U.S. regulators to force Wyoming-based Taco John's to abandon its long-standing claim to the trademark. Taco John says it's owned Taco Tuesday for decades, and it's not budging. Now, Taco Bell says it's not trying to steal the trademark, but rather cancel the trademark, so the phrase can be legally used by any brand. Taco John's response to the petition? A deal valid for the entire month of May, where Taco John's rewards members can score two tacos for just two bucks in the Taco John's app. Hmm. You know what? I'm good with Taco John's. Forget the... Sorry to the... bit. You know what? I, I'm okay for the little guy to win here. If you own that trademark, you keep that thing. You do not give that thing up, okay? What do you think I'm going to say, George? You're going to say that Taco Bell should just keep spend, throwing money at it until they uh, they buy the, uh, the, brand, the trademark from them. Right. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, Taco John, you hold on to it, brother. You're the guy who came up with Taco Tuesday. You don't let Taco Bell outlawyer you. You don't let Taco Bell outspend you so that Taco Bell can say, well, we want to say Taco Tuesday, and so does every other taco shop. Well, most of them just do. But when you're a big, giant brand like Taco Bell, you can't. Otherwise, this guy Taco John's going to come sue you. As a matter of fact, Taco John, hold on to it, wait for him to use it, and then go sue their asses. Okay, here's my thing though. There's a lot of small places that use that. Are that's they right. going after those no. little places? No, they're going no, after they're just not. Taco Bell. Okay, just, that's yeah. fine. I'm okay yeah. with that. And it's really Taco Bell going after the little guy because they just want to use their phrase. Yep. No, 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 no. Because I heard the story the other way that they were just oh. like suing a bunch of people. I'm like, that's mean, dude. Everybody, I use Taco Tuesday on my Instagram story sometimes. They're going to sue all LeBron? Do. We do it here. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? Exactly. LeBron, everybody. Like, what, what's, ha- what's happening here is Taco Bell is trying to get Taco, um, Taco John's. Taco John in Wyoming to get rid of the their patent for that for their trademark, trademark yeah, for trademark. taco yeah. tuesday mm-hmm. right because they want to use it but no, no i'm no, with no. i'm with taco john here little guy. taco john in wyoming i stand yeah, in solidarity with you here. keep the little, little guy, guy alive and that's so what for their money I like now, that. Cappy, you would eventually give up Taco Tuesday. You have a number for everything. Oh, for sure. If I'm Taco John, don't get me wrong. If Taco <laughs> Bell wants to come pay me for Taco Tuesday, no problem. <laughs> What's that number, though? I, what do you think? It's got to be number? like, I, oh, no, that's got to be, it's got to start with a B. Yep, that's a B oh, number. Oh, no, I don't sure. know about a B. I don't know about a B. What? Oh, hell yeah. Taco Bell's not going to pay a billion dollars for Taco Tuesday. Okay, then you know what? It's going to be Taco Tuesday for Taco John then still. George, $999 million is almost as good as a billion. Come on, let's not get crazy. I need a B. I need a B or you're going to be, you know, being, you're going to be. Yeah, rolling the brass trucks. What if Taco John has one restaurant? You're going to be being all up because uh, you're upset that I can't give it to you. What if Taco John has like one restaurant? It's tiny. It's It's not actually. I looked this up. Oh, yeah? How many spots they got, Taco, Taco John? Taco John. Hold on. It, it is, is a, a chain. chain. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's a chain. I mean, they it's got- a small chain, yeah. 
Taco John's. Let me. I think see. in order to be classified as a chain, you have to have at least thirteen. Oh, is that yes, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, they have Michigan. Let me see. Wyoming. And this special and that they're offering for this yeah. month is is company wide, so you can use it in any state that they are. Yeah. All right. Well, shout out to Taco John. Yeah. Mi hermano. Yeah. So Taco John. Yeah, they've got a f- most of them in Wyoming. Yes. So there you have it. That is what you need to know. Mm. Stand with the little man. Shout out to Don Cuco. Exactly. Shout out to Jason's Tacos. Yeah. And shout out to all the taco men and women out there. Yo, talking about Don Cuco's, Cappy, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. They went and provided tacos to Garfield High School. Is that right? Because they're going to be playing their big um, game, and they went and provided the students tacos. How about that? That's cool. Way to go, Don Cuco. Don Cuco. Don Cuco let Uh, me cook when I was there, you know. Did he? Yeah, he let me get on there and cook. Yeah, he did. That's funny. Yeah. I did not know that. The next thing I want to do. What? Wait, what? Say again. Vieras torteado. You know, the lady does the tortillas a mano, sí, sí. right? Mm-hmm. She does them by hand. Right. So I would have paid. Actually, I would have paid Cappy mm-hmm. to tortear tortillas, like, to see if he can, like, legit do them. Right. Because that is not easy. No, no it's, it's not. It looks hard. It looks it's very, hard. You know what I want to do, though? You know what looks really hard? What is it? Uh, the pastor. Al pastor. When they slice the pineapple and it lands right in the middle of the taco and you got to catch it like a baseball. That's yeah. what I want to do. I want to slice the pineapple on the top of the, on the, top of the al pastor. Yeah. Next time I go to Jason's Tacos, yo, Jay, you let me do that? Yeah. Little heat on the Al Pastor? See. Si. Yeah. Speaking of heat. Yeah. Who's getting... who? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose this question to you about LeBron and AD. Okay. After kind of all the chatter today, post-game two, and, you know, first take, and get up, and all the Fox shows, and our shows, and the talk radio shows, LeBron getting too much heat, not enough heat, or the right amount of heat? Well, I'm going to say not enough heat. Not enough heat? Yeah. I'm going to say Why not enough heat. Why would you heat. say that? Because here's the thing about LeBron. Look, I get it, George. You've been telling me this all season long. He's 38. He's not the same guy. I got it. Um, to me, that is LeBron James. That is the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA. That is a guy who can explode at any time and take over a game. Or is he? So because I think that he still is, I'm kind of disappointed that when you get to the fourth quarter of this game and you've got a lead and you got to close, I always think of LeBron as being a guy who can will his team to victory. And last night's a game that, remember, if we go back to game one, blown out in the first quarter, down by 18 going in at half, down big going into the fourth quarter, and here come the Lakers rolling back. The Lakers had the lead going into the fourth last night. They had to close that game out. I expect LeBron James to be the closer. He was not. So is he getting destroyed everywhere that maybe I'm underestimating how much heat he's taking? You tell me. Wait, but didn't we go into the series saying that Anthony Davis had to be the best player in this series? No doubt. I'm not saying that LeBron has to be the best player. I'm saying he has to be the closer. I'm saying he has to be the guy that that wills a team. Not necessarily carries the team on his shoulders, but wills the team. Okay, but here's what I would say. And, and I'm with you. Like, I, I started the show by telling you I thought he made uncharacteristic mistakes, and I didn't think he played very well in the fourth quarter at all. Like, as a matter of fact, I think he had one of the worst fourth quarters I've seen him have in a very, very, very long time in the postseason. And, but, how much can you honestly ask of a 38-year-old to defend Nikola Jokic in the second half who he's giving up? 
<laughs> he's given up at least 40, 50 pounds to, at least, okay? Not to mention uh, several inches. And then be your closer. Like, man, like that 28-year-old LeBron, sure. Hell, 34-year-old LeBron, sure. 38-year-old LeBron on two busted wheels? I still feel like that's a lot to ask. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it is a lot to ask. I do. But here's here's kind of like where my head is going, though. You know how at the end of the Warriors series, we were all asking the question, is this the end of the dynasty? Do, yeah. do, does the Lakers... Are you asking if this is the end of LeBron as we know him? Uh, what I'm asking is, isn't this... Again, how many times did you make this point? And, and didn't LeBron himself make this point? The West is winnable this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. The, the trades the Lakers made. Right. The bracket that they got into. Yeah. Phoenix getting knocked off. The Clippers getting knocked off, et cetera, et cetera. Sacramento. Uh, it's, the thing is, is that this is the year. And if, and if it doesn't happen this year, then next year, don't you think other teams are going to still continue to get better? I mean, Denver, this isn't a one-year deal. This has been something that's been building for a while. Sacramento yeah. will be building. Right. You know, But, so but I also te- think this is also part of the problem why I was urging them to do this sooner than 23 games left in the season. No doubt. Now, on one hand, you might make the case that if you put this team together as it is, and maybe you added another big body because now you can see. Yeah, Jokic, I, I still think this one? team. I think this team comes back next year. I don't think you need D'Angelo Russell. The problem is you can't. If you sign and trade him, this is going to be way inside baseball. You hard cap yourself for next year, so you, you don't want that either. So, but you have to make a real decision on some of these guys. Like it seems fairly obvious. Malik Beasley, sixteen million dollar team option that's not going to happen gone, right <laughs> so right. but you here's know my question for you though here here it is though if if we all thought that the lakers knocking out the warriors was the end of their dynasty yeah and if we think that this was the year to win the West, well but i don't i don't think that by the okay, way okay okay but that's yeah. fine but but that was the conversation that was happening sure it was okay. the conversation i, I agree I'll if lebron is going to be a year from now another year older 39 years old yeah and probably still as i mean can we not acknowledge that he is now older and injury prone right he gets hurt every year yeah so next year he'll be older the other teams around the west will likely i'm putting this in quotes likely yeah, no get there, there will be improvements across the board but it doesn't mean the lakers can't improve too 100 the lakers are gonna have to pay austin reeves there's no question about this now big money big big money for Austin Reeves. Like, he's yeah. going to turn into and a he 15, $20 million every dollar single, player. He deserves to use the Michael Malone quote. He deserves every red uh, He deserves every red penny. That's right. He does. Yeah. But I, I do worry that that I know, George, earlier in the season, we debated a lot about should they make a move? Should they just write the season off? You said you always go for a championship when you've got LeBron. I think yeah. they have said we're yeah. going for a championship. But yep. if they don't get it, then how confident might you be about next year as LeBron is another year older, well, as I AD's mean, it, got more miles. What, well, look, I think that's a question for a little later, but I, even though I think we can s- sort of have it now, I, I don't think we have to go too deep into it. I, I, don't, I don't know what else is available to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm just I, saying, I, like, I, that's know, where my head's going, George. That's all. Right. I, I mean, you're because Because you already think they're done. Well, no, I don't think they're done, but, but down 0-2 is such a different you, feeling you, listen, than 1-1. Listen, you are, let's be honest. Come on. You're pooping yourself right now. I'm a, well, I'm very emotional. You're pooping yourself. I'm very emotional. I, I go game by game. 
You know, when they win Saturday, I'll tell you they're back. I mean, listen, you were so confident. You were one of those people that was super confident after game one. You were like, oh, I'm more confident now than I ever was. Totally right on. And then now and now you're pooping yourself. Well, look, again, in game one, they got blown out in the first quarter. In game two, they led after the first quarter. The Lakers did. They left. They they led at halftime. Forget about these quarters, man. No, Look I know, but the, they but they what, led what, at the remember? End of the third. When in and doubt, they had to close. What are you gonna do? When in doubt, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I know what you're gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know if I'm adopting this phrase quite yet. Zoom out. Okay, relax. Well, last if they if they win, I think they're winning game three. The series then boils down to game four. That's right. No different than it was with Golden State. Okay, the winner of game four has a, I think, a decent chance of probably winning this series. So, they, I think they win tomorrow, and then Monday night, it's all on the line. No doubt. No doubt. And I, now, I need, now look, I need LeBron o- to be Ohm the brought best. Owen brought up a good point. Which was? That game four in the Phoenix-Denver series didn't mean that. That, you know, they went back 2-2, and, and Denver then just won two straight. Maybe that's the way it happens. But the Lakers... At this point, it's very easy to go, and and look, as I look at it, I zoom out, right? I think winning four out of five is going to be tough. It's not not likely. It doesn't mean it's impossible, but it's not likely. But if you're the Lakers, if you're Darvin Ham and you're LeBron, and and LeBron said this in the postgame yesterday, your goal is to say, we can't worry about four out of five. Let's just win one, okay? Win one. And f- figure it out from there, and that's the mindset they have to have. But yeah, you got you can't win both of these home games on Saturday. On Saturday, correct. So just get one, get one. So we're going to see now because outside of AD and LeBron, there's not a ton of playoff experience on this roster that are, that's actually playing. You know. Well, so that that's part of this. All right, l- we can continue this discussion on the other side because we're way over the break, Happy. Oh, that's let's do that. Uh, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic and Fox Sports, their college insider, college football insider, is going to join us at 545 to talk about the USC situation. Let's you and I touch on that. Let's continue this conversation on the Lakers. We'll do that coming up next. Stick around. We're back in two minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. That's true. I don't know either, to be I, honest with you. I, I don't know. But I it's the know. one I remember the most. Yeah. I, don't I don't know. With my heart. I don't know. With my heart. Oh, there's our boy Kevin Harlan on the call tonight with our guy Stan Van Gundy and Reggie Miller. I mean, Reggie Miller's not my guy, but I don't really know him at all, actually. Um, but I know Stan and I know Kevin. We love those two. And Reggie's great, too, but I don't know him at all. Yeah, I don't know Stan and I don't really know Reggie, but I do know I love Kevin. And I love me some Kevin Harlan. I do yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, I love this time of year because you get Breen on one side, Harlan on the other, and it's just fantastic stuff to watch for sure if you love yeah. basketball. Yeah. Um, and it's if you're a broadcasting fun. dork. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. Um, last night, this game, George, the, the Laker-Nuggets game, let's say you weren't a Laker fan or you weren't a Nugget fan. You're just a sports fan, and you go, you know what, this is a big game, and I'm going to watch it because there's big stars like LeBron and AD yep. and Jokic. Like, very very entertaining sports oh, yeah. television so broadcast. It, it, it's funny you say that um, because I don't want to, I, I want to get back to this in a second because I want to get to the USC stuff here real quick, but because uh, Bruce Feldman's going to join us and we'll go more in depth with him at 545. But the, I have a couple of buddies who are not big NBA guys, right? But they like watching the playoffs and they are locked in to these, to this series right now between the Lakers and Nuggets, like in a way that I'm stunned by. Yeah, well, because it's it's just really, really entertaining sports TV. And when you thought last night going into the fourth quarter, well, the Lakers got the lead and they're going to come back and tie this thing up. And then Jamal Murray goes completely nuclear. And by the way, you asked me earlier, why do I feel confident? Yes, Murray can score 37 points. Yes, Murray can go crazy from three-point range in the fourth quarter. But the Lakers... They matched them by being completely opposite. In other words, while Murray was knocking down shots and he wasn't the only Nugget doing it, dude, the Lakers were horrendous. They were just terrible shooting in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, uh, Denver's defense was pretty good, too. Had a lot of I thought both teams. Look, it was the complete opposite uh, rhythm of game, right? This game was played in the mud in game two, and game one was not. It was up and down. Um, but I think the one day of rest as opposed to four is a big problem here, mo- potentially moving forward for the Lakers. Like being at home will help, but yep. this series every other day, that's 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 challenging at times, yeah. especially when you're going in and out of that atmosphere in Denver. So but let's get I mean, to I USC. You want, I know you want to talk about USC. Just one last just one last little thought here. I know we'll talk about yeah. this later on. You know what's a big problem, George? When Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura as a as a combo outscore LeBron and AD think about that for a second yeah but again you know you got to have the context for that Uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are seeing defenses in a way that they're loading up on those guys whereas Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura are getting opportunities that they've never seen in their life because they're playing with those kind of guys perhaps what you're saying is right but no no not perhaps 1000 percent of what I'm saying is right so 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 let's say that you are right but so what I mean that's what their that's what their job is to knock down no, the open but, shots. I know, but but you tell me if you had to just take a guess, how many games this year do you think Rui and Austin outscored a combination of LeBron and AD? I mean, I'll, if I'll, you're, I'll, I mean, make, considering Rui Hachimura hasn't played that that much, um, right, at saying. least it's compared strange, to Austin. Yeah, it's a strange thing. Well, that's man. that's the NBA playoffs. Sometimes you get random dudes that just go off. Well, I mean, again, forty three points for Austin Reeves and Rui last night. Whereas it was 41 points. You're, you're focused on this, like, the points part of it a lot, I feel like. I, we need to get you out of that. It's not always about the points. 
I'm just making a. I'm making a point about points. I'm just Let saying. Let me make not, my point about points. I get it, but I'm just telling my you. My point. We're, we're getting you. We've we've made you a more sophisticated basketball fan this season, I think, in a big, big way. I'm very proud of you. Well, so thank the you. next the next step is you need to stop being what I like to call the box score watcher. Oh, there's no doubt I'm a box score watcher. Yeah, but there's I don't no want you to do that. It. I don't want you to do that. I need you to. We're going to evolve you from that. But let we'll get back. Well, to you'll that. check my notes later. You'll check. My yeah, notes. I will. At six o'clock. We got your game okay. notes. Exactly. Right, there you go. Um, let, again, Bruce Feldman at five forty five. We'll talk about the USC situation. For those who aren't familiar with the USC situation, Mike Bone, the athletic director, has resigned from his position. The L.A. Times broke that story. Um, it came a day after the Times apparently approached Mike Bone and asked him about a USC internal um criticism of his management style of the athletic department and then we found out in a different article later today in the la times that the university said that they did a review of the athletic department its operation the culture the strategy etc 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 and in this review they sought an outside counsel right a philadelphia-based attorney group okay and that's the that's how you do this thing. When you feel like it's um, potentially, you don't do an internal review when you feel like it's at very high levels, right? Or there's rampant actions going on that you aren't comfortable with, right? This way, you remove yourself in some way, shape, or form. You say, hey, I'm going to bring in this outside group to make a determination on what the culture is inside our organization. Now, in this particular case, this organization, this outside council, found, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, um, practice that was not in line with the way USC wants to conduct its business internally, okay? So four different people, apparently, within the USC staff, for both current and former, raised concerns, particularly about Mike Bone. And in that scenario... We have now seen Mike Bone. We, that, those are the details we have. In that scenario, we've seen Mike Bone resign, uh, barely just ahead of this story coming out. And at the moment, there is no word on who the interim AD is going to be. But, Cappy, when you and I were talking about this earlier, we, we talked about how this is not the type of... The, when these things happen, there's usually more to the story and lo and behold, within hours, less than hours, maybe, maybe less than two hours of his resignation, we had at least a little more information. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't I don't know what is going on inside the athletic department at USC, but for some reason, somebody decided that it was worth their time and resources to hire a law firm that has a reputation for doing investigations, high profile investigations when handling um, other misconduct at other schools. Now, by the way, I don't know this because I don't know anything about this group. It's just that I read it today in the L.A. Times and you know, believe what you read or, or don't. But according to what the Times put out today, they, um, they hired this firm. They call them the, the nation's first practice law practice dedicated to the institutional response to sexual and gender-based harassment violence, child abuse, elder abuse, and other forms of discrimination and harassment, workplace misconduct, and criminal conduct. So 
somewhere in one of those oh, categories. Oh, and they also perform you know, assessments on culture and things within an organization. Okay, so somewhere within one of these categories that I just brought up, that George brought up, that the LA Times told us about, somebody had a complaint about the way things are being run inside the USC, USC Athletic Department. And the guy who's the CEO of that department is Mike Bone. And so if, if what they have found is that there's something culturally wrong there and that the leader is this guy, then that's the guy that you go after. But I, from the very moment that, that this resignation was announced, I said to you, George, I'm really skeptical. Something seems wrong here. Yeah. I, know, I know Mike. I know Mike just had, his, had some family members move to Southern California because I think Mike thought he was going to be a long-term AD at USC. So I suspect we're going to learn a lot more about what was yeah. going on. Well, what I learned was prior to the the second story coming out, just when it was the the um, the resignation part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Um, I had kind of done some digging about like, hey, what was Mike Bones' relationship like, just from a sports perspective, right in the or in the organization in the athletic department, and it felt like there was two different store. Uh, uh, I don't want to say they were not conflicting stories, but there were two kind of stories that were prevalent, right? That basically it was a combination of he started to not feel like the job was what he thought it was going to be um, because there were some challenges or he was being challenged by perhaps people within the organization that there were some challenges with the NIL group um, or groups rather, because there's multiple groups. Um, And, that perhaps Mike was a little too rigid about some of the ways he wanted to conduct business. That was the way it was interpreted to me. Now, this was prior to the story in that the second story in the LA Times. Um, and I, I checked that out with a couple of people, and I said, it seems like it's a combo of he didn't, you know, of that. He didn't feel like the job was what he thought it was going to be. They didn't love the way he conducted business in there. Um, and you know, this this didn't seem like a, a long-term fit moving forward. And I was told by multiple people, that's correct. And then I was told by the last person I spoke to, but there's going to be another story coming out here shortly. Uh, and I said, is it like a scandal or something? And they're like, no, but there's going to be another story that's going to involve him, and, and, and it's probably not going to paint him in a great light. And mm-hmm. then this story came out, and this is where we are. Yeah. So this when we don't have all the information, no. we just have the information that you and I have just presented to the people. Right. And and resigning, just again, George, look, when you're in your like early to mid 60s and you've been working your whole career and you've had really good jobs along the way. You've been the athletic director at San Diego State, you've been the athletic director at Colorado. You uh, helped lead uh, the Cincinnati Athletic Department to become a national football, I don't know if I call him a powerhouse, but a player, okay? And you get the USC job. When you get the USC job and you're able to do things like go hire Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma and recruit the number one boys and girls high school basketball player and get Bronny James to stay home and fill the Coliseum and, you know, uh, change the press box, which changes the accommodations for all of your rich boosters. I mean, Mike Bone has done a lot in a really short period of time, but it kind of sounds like old school personality in a new school work environment and i would say that everybody listening probably understands the conflict that can go on between an old school personality and the new world 
Yeah, so we'll see as more information comes out, we can discuss it. But that that's the story as of right now. That sucks. Uh, com- you know, that really just sucks for me. You know that? Well, because then you're not going to get all the stuff you were getting. I mean, the I athletic director is sweet yeah. on a Saturday night for a yeah, USC your lifestyle Notre Dame is, game. Is, is over. You're never is, going to a USC game well, ever again. Well, it depends. Yeah. Depends on who the, the new athletic director is. Yeah. I was thinking uh, maybe LeBron might retire from the Lakers and take over as AD at USC. Yeah, I don't think that's going to You don't be think that's going to happen? Okay. No, Just probably not. Uh, but, Cappy, before we get to the award-winning uh, radio Tinder in about two and a half minutes. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks, Chris. All right, so Dodgers pitcher Dustin May has officially hit the injured list after leaving his start on Wednesday and being diagnosed with a flexor pronator strain, something Mm. in the right elbow. He joins his fellow pitchers, Walker Buehler, Jimmy Nelson, Alex Reyes, Reyes, and J.P. Feyerasian on the I.L., the Dodgers still lead the National West by two and a half games. They're playing right now against the Cardinals. It's nothing-nothing. And they're 7-3 and three over the last 10 games, with the second-best record in the league behind only the Tampa Bay Rays. Should they start getting aggressive in seeking a trade for more pitching? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? I mean, in theory, swipe right, but you know, it takes two to tango. I, I don't know what kind of trades are going to be available in mid-May. Uh, most teams, because of the wild-card situation, similar to the NBA with the play-in situation, the trade deadline kind of goes down to the wire these days. It's very rare that you see a significant trade done before. Not to say that it can happen, but I, I think that it probably will be a little while longer before they can have someone available to them, in my opinion. One speculatory trade that I did overhear the other day, I'm pretty sure it's Bergman that said it was uh, Willie Adamas and Corbin Burns from Milwaukee. Oh, my God. I mean, you do that in 2.7 seconds. I mean, come on. Like, are we serious? Well, we know that Corbin Burns is unhappy in Milwaukee because of everything that happened with his arbitration hearing. Right. So but I there's mean, the possibility like, that those players would be available as early as now. I, I get it. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> like Corbin Burns, if you're going to be able to get, um, you know, someone as good as him, like you're talking about one of the best pitchers in the sport. So, um, I, I, if you can get him, yes. I, I don't know if Milwaukee's Willie is 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 Willie because of Willie Adams <laughs> really interested in making that move. I, I would be stunned personally. Maybe I'm wrong. At least not now during the season. I could see that be more of an off season thing. I'm still hung up on the word speculatory. You like that? That? Was, that was very well done, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you it so was, much. It was without even like the the smallest little like trip up at all. Because usually, you know, when you get to speculate, speckled uh, anyway. Yeah. Look, I hear what you're getting at. The question is, should the Dodgers be in the market for starting pitching? And the answer is swipe right. Obviously, yes. I mean, they've got too many guys that are hurt 
this year, and yet, as you point out, second best record in all of baseball, most wins in the National League, and for a season where people may have let their guard down a little bit, as in eh, maybe the maybe the Dodgers won't be quite as good this year as they have been in years past. At least through forty some odd games, they're kind of surprising a lot of people. I think so. Yeah, I, they're gonna have to look for more starting pitching at some point. Yeah, I yeah, because this Walker Bueller thing, like, I, it, it seems like if he does come back in September, which honestly I don't know if I think I is the best thing for him long term. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, they're talking about like you know bringing him in, in the as a bull, you know, in the out of the bullpen. I, I don't know. I just feel like that's. That's dicey. I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, obviously. I don't, I've, never, I've never been a major league pitcher, but that just seems um, a little bit um, ambitious. Well, yeah. just look at what they've done with Dustin May. I mean, this is how this conversation exactly. began. Dustin right. May came back late last year from Tommy John, and he's and he's got problems again. If had yeah. he gone the entire season and not played, I'm not saying he wouldn't be hurt right now, but yeah. I'm kind of taking a guess that he might not be. Yeah, I agree. All right, what's next? All right, so up next, heavyweight boxing champ Tyson Fury is not happy with Joe Rogan. Last week, Rogan explained how Fury would not have a chance to beat UFC heavyweight champion John Jones in a fight. Quote, no one thinks that Tyson Fury can beat John Jones in a fight, said Rogan. No one thinks that. Tyson doesn't think that. You want to talk about who's the baddest man on the planet? If John Jones and Tyson Fury are locked into a room, I'm pushing all my chips on black. That was Rogan. Fury's response... I'm the baddest man on the planet. I heard Joe Rogan say something about me the other day, and I've been off. I've been off of all social media and didn't reply to little to that little. And then he goes on an expletive-filled tirade. So the question is: Does Fury beat John Jones if they're locked in a room? Swipe left or swipe right? Cappy, I'm going to you first. Swiping on Jones. I gotta tell Tyson Fury that I'm with Joe Rogan on this one, and I think that Joe Rogan, by the way has a very educated opinion on combat sports. Um, Tyson Fury's a big dude. He is. But John Jones has about 10 knives in the uh, Swiss Army knife, and Tyson Fury got one. And Tyson Fury might say, yeah, but it's a big old Rambo knife. Yeah, nah, John Jones got a lot of different ways to just take you down. I I would take John Jones over Tyson Fury if they were locked in a room. What about you, George? So... Uh, yeah, I, I'm with Cappy. Uh, it's whatever I got to swipe for it, it to be John Jones. John <laughs> Jones would destroy Tyson Fury. Uh, I know that he's got a much bigger size advantage, um, but he doesn't have anywhere near the speed, even at this stage of his career, of John Jones. And uh, obviously, there's more weapons in the arsenal, as Cappy mentioned the ground game, the, the stand up game. I mean, it's just the kicking game. Like, it's just, it's not even, for me, it's not even debatable. It's, I, you know, it's it's almost laughable that Tyson. I, granted, he's a tough guy. He, of course, he would think he can kick anyone's ass, but it's not even the same in the same stratosphere, in my opinion. And Fury doesn't have any mixed martial arts specialty like at, at all. No, no experience. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you guys. I completely yeah. agree. All right. Next up, Kenny Smith has blasted Memphis Grizzly star Ja Morant after, for the second time, he was seen brandishing a firearm in another social media video last weekend. You'll recall Morant was suspended eight games during the 2022-2023 season, that's the one we're currently in, for flashing a gun in an Instagram Live video. On Wednesday night ahead of Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals, Kenny the Jet Smith openly rejected the notion that Morant's friends are to blame and that Morant is the issue now that, now that he's a repeat offender. Quote, the NBA has a morality clause in everybody's contract that expresses about violence, racism, 
all types of different things that could be considered morality. Flashing guns will be a part of that. And when Adam Silver brings you in the office and says, we're going to suspend you eight games, this is part of the morality clause, and then you do it again, there's something wrong with you, said Smith. So being that it was his second account in what is his... I'm sorry, being that it was... Wasn't his, I'm, I'm messing this all up. Being that it wasn't his account in what is his second offense for essentially the same exact thing, do you feel John Morant should be held accountable and responsible for appearing on social media brandishing a firearm? Swipe left or swipe right. Back to you, George. Uh, swipe right. He should be held accountable. Uh, there's a saying in Spanish called, Dime con quien tu andas y te digo quien eres. Right? Oh, my mom used to say that all the time, George. Yeah. I'm, I feel like Laura's mom or grandma may have used to say, maybe said that back in the day. Or maybe it was me. Yep. No, my mom yeah. would say, dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. Yep. Right. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was um, And, you know, I get what Kenny Smith is saying, and he's right. Like, first of all, if you're part of Jaws crew, like you're part of his friendship group, and you're doing that, why are you doing that? Like, why are you putting him in harm's way? Like, why are you doing that knowing he's got a weapon? Twice like, over. Yeah, you, you're a dope. Don't get me wrong. Like, but also, if you're Ja, you got to be like, bro, what are you doing? Put the phone down. Mm-hmm. Like, and the, the part of the and Cappy, you know this because you have four children in similar age ranges of Ja Morant. These kids live in this world where everything needs to be documented, and it's to their detriment in a lot of cases. Well, I I look at Ja Morant and I look at his boys, you know, his whole crew of guys, and I think about the TV show Entourage on HBO. It was everybody else's job to make sure that Vince, the movie star, the meal ticket, it was protected, right? Yeah. Well, shouldn't all of Jaws' guys be his entourage? Shouldn't their job be take care of this guy, not get him in trouble? Yes. So if I'm John Morant, I don't care if it's my account or not. He made this whole thing, oh, I'm so sorry, I got to do work, I got things to do in my life. He said all the right PR things, but he didn't do the right things. Now he's in big trouble because, you see, it, it, you can get away with it once with an eight-game suspension. What do you think, George? What are we looking at, 25, maybe 50 games for John Morant? Twenty. I would say like 20 and 25 in that range. Yeah. I think it'll take him through to the All-Star yeah. break. Yeah, I we'll, we'll see. I, I, I don't. I don't think that's way too long. I don't. That's two thirds well, of the season. Wasn't there another example? That. Was it? Was it Gilbert Arenas? I'm yeah, but that to... was David Stern. That's not Adam Silver. Okay, so it, just, it, but, it, but it was a fifty-game suspension, different. Yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it, it was, but a different commissioner. I and understand. It, I'm just saying it's a different person, so and it's not going to be that. Saying that was a gun and a guy and a fifty-game right. suspension. Right, but that was also a different scenario. It happened inside an NBA facility. Like it's completely different. All right, well, still not the same story. Okay. Yeah, it's not the same story. All right, that right, is Radio it's Tinder. Second time, um, right? But it, just, they're not the same thing. So, uh, it's Radio Tinder, by the way, award-winning Radio Tinder, presented by Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website tequilamandala.com. All right, coming up next, we'll get back to the USC situation. Mike Bone has resigned. Uh, there's been an internal investigation about uh, the workplace conduct and environment. And he was at the center of it. That's all we know to this point. We'll talk to Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and The Athletic about that some more. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, yeah, big time song. Not my country music, not my thing. Uh, although when I think of frogs jumping or whatever, I think of the movie Magnolia for whatever reason. And that was raining frogs. I know that wasn't jumping frogs, but nonetheless, the only frog reference I have outside of Kermit the Frog. So, well, shout out to Janice Garcia. Happy 30th birthday, Happy birthday girlfriend. To Happy Janice, birthday, yes. Girl. We miss Janice around here at this radio station. Wow, Janice uh, is a little girl, man. 30 years old. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right. So, happy birthday to Janice. Thank you, Christopher, for that, as always. We always enjoy the rejoins and the This uh, Day in History stuff. Uh, but let's talk something a little more serious now, as we were talking earlier today uh, and just a little while ago about the USC situation. Bruce Feldman of The Athletic and of Fox Sports, he's their college football insider. Uh, I always like to tell people that to support journalism, The Athletic is one of those places you can support journalism by subscribing to The Athletic. Bruce, always a pleasure having you on. Uh, I guess, what was your initial takeaway from all that's transpired with the initial resignation and then the follow-up report by the LA Times? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it, it's really, really um, suspicious timing, right, mm-hmm. to have this accept his resignation effective immediately. It's a, basically a Friday news dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, after what the Times had reported, you know, we've heard at The Athletics some other questions about the circumstances, the investigation, and looking into allegations regarding Mike Bone. And, you know, you wonder where this is going to go next because just, you know, about two months ago, I had heard that they didn't think Mike Bone was going to be there for a lo- much longer as the AD, but it didn't seem like it was anything um more beyond well was he up to the task of keeping keeping the job and keeping things on track at usc but now it sounds like there's some things that are being looked into getting back to his time at cincinnati which opens up potentially another series of questions which was how thorough was the vetting process when mike bone was hired uh at usc because i do think when he got the job there were a lot of people dating back to his time at colorado but certainly at cincinnati who were like USC's really hiring Mike Bone. It just seemed like uh, he wasn't somebody that was considered, you know, a top of the line AD at that point. And then he got there and there was definitely some positive things that happened on his watch, but also some things that were a little bit of a head scratcher things as well. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what else comes of it. But I do think it is the Times report about USC hiring a, a law firm that specializes in sexual harassment and misconduct allegations, that is definitely something to keep an eye on where this thing goes forward. Yeah, Bruce, the thing is, though, is that um, while, you know, you're saying that you may have heard that, you know, maybe Bone wasn't necessarily long for the job, at least that's why I heard you say it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would just tell you that on the contrary side of things, you know, just a few weeks ago, um, I happened to be visiting with Mike and his son. Uh, we were at a Laker game in, in our suite, and um, his son 
who I've known since he was a young kid because Mike was the athletic director at San Diego State many years ago. I've known him forever. Um, his son had just moved to L.A. with his wife. And so they had come here um, because this is where the family was going to be. And I, I, I guess what I'm saying is you may have heard that he wasn't long for the job, but I don't think that he thought that. I think that he thought this was going to be his last job. It might be, by the way. I, I, it's entirely possible. Look, this is a great place to live, and maybe he was going to plan on stay here beyond his time at USC. The person who had told me that was somebody pretty close to Mike Bone, and I think you know from all indications was you know what this job may be hard to keep on track going forward. Again, I don't think that was necessarily related to anything that was getting looked at in terms of in regard to this investigation around them or, or regarding the athletic department. But I do think it was, it was something, it was something beyond just that in terms of like, how long can he, can he, can he hold on to this job going forward? Um, you know, again, that, that doesn't mean that he himself was thinking it, but it was people close to him. Right. Told me they didn't think he was going to be the AD that much longer. So Bruce, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic and Fox Sports, one of the best in the business at covering college football and college sports with us here. Bruce, we only got another five minutes, so let me, uh, let me ask you this question because, you know, when I was kind of pinging people today about this, the conversations I got were, and, and you tell me how far off I am on this stuff or not, was that um, there were some issues in regards to, I guess, him and some of the NIL groups there, right? They thought maybe he was a little too rigid or old school, uh, however you want to mm-hmm. determine that. Um, there there was some uh, stuff within the department where people will say, well, yes, he, he led the department, but there were other people kind of doing the heavy lifting in the department. That was some of the stuff that I had heard. And I'm not trying to d- diminish his accomplishments, but those were the things that were at least being put out there today. How accurate are some of those things? I mean, those are very in line with some of the things I'd heard. The NIL has been an issue for a while. Um, one of the things that... Look, when he came to USC, his right-hand man was a guy named Brandon Sosna, who is no longer here, but had a big role in a lot of things and, and came with, with Bone from Cincinnati. And a lot of people felt like he was kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes. Uh, Sosna ended up leaving out a lot of – some of those things went really well. The, you know, the hiring Lincoln Riley was a great move for this school. Some of the other things, they really fumbled all over the place with, with NIL and collectives and some of the things that they were doing in the first year. And that, that came with that, too. About, you know, I don't know if it was, it was an, even a year ago, Sosno took a job in the NFL with the Detroit Lions and left. And I think there, was, there were people there, definitely part of that regime, who felt like without Sosna here, and there has been other people who I think are, are good who were hired, since then, but felt like this is going to be this is going to be hard for Mike Bowen Bone to 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 handle the job going forward without somebody who really he leaned on so much. And so, you know, I, I think everything you heard, I think in regard to that, I think is in line exactly with what I've been hearing. Look, I will acknowledge because I I've known Mike for for quite some time that San Diego State, Colorado, Cincinnati. When you hear that Mike got the job at SC, I know even for myself, like I said, I've known him a long time. I was like, wow, that's a big job. The personality that he has versus the clientele that he's dealing with, I I could just see where it might not be a match made in heaven. Um, 
But you see, the thing about today being an athletic director, Bruce, is the job is about kissing ass for money. But the issue is that now with NIL, it's there's a lot of uncharted territory. And now you're you're trying to get boosters to put money into the program, but they're trying to put money into NIL. It's a complicated time, frankly, I believe, to be an athletic director. What do you think? I absolutely do. And you're talking about a guy in his early 60s. And I think you're talking about a, a place in USC that's very complicated, right? I, I don't know. There's three big NIL, uh, three big collectives that have been started up. And there's some strong egos involved in all of them. And I think that they have been, you know, a lot of, look, they got a lot of success in landing some big transfers. And that's been a big part of how it works with NIL in the last year or so. But I think also there have been some bumbling missteps along the way. And I think whoever gets this job going forward, I think they're going to have to have a a much better feel for how to play some of this. Because like you said, so much of what had gone, got into being a successful AD at whatever school you're at is how you handle, you know, development in terms of fundraising and different things. And I think this is, this is a little bit of a curveball how it, you know, where, what goes on with that money, how you manage it. It's a big, big athletic department. It's obviously on a big stage. You also have going forward, the transition to the big 10 that's coming up. And that is a huge deal, right? So, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, the timing of this probably makes sense for to have, to have a new leadership for USC. But I think the way this unfolded, you know, is going to, there's a lot more questions that need to be answered over time. Again, especially if it goes back to some of the stuff at Cincinnati and how the vetting process was when this hire was made. Bruce Feldman with us here of The Athletic, and that stuff will certainly come out with time, I'm I'm guessing, uh, potentially. But lastly, before we let you go, we have less than a minute here. Where do you think they go for an interim AD and a potential AD after that, if you have any ideas on that stuff? I I don't know what they do going forward in terms of even a short-term interim person. You know, the last time USC had had an AD search, you know, one of the names that that had come up, and I'm sure it won't – what, what you have for a lot of people around USC is a frustration of, oh, they're going to go back to an old USC person, right? You know, one of the people who is well-respected in college circles but was also part of the Pete Carroll era is, it was Mark Jackson, who's the AD at Villanova. Um, I don't know if, they would, if there would be people who go, you know, we got to go in a completely different direction and find somebody new. I don't know if Mark Jackson would leave this situation at Villanova in the first place, but – I think also, look, they went outside of USC scope. They and the higher they made, um, were you know I think that the record on on Mike Bowen still to be determined because look, it was good that they got Lincoln Riley. It's certainly good. I think that they made the move into the Pac-12 from into the Big Ten. But I think some of this other stuff going you know going forward, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I think that whoever makes this hire going forward is going to have to talk about like what we just said, big 10 NIL managing their collectives. And that's something that is not going to be easy to find somebody who can handle all that. Bruce Feldman of the athletic and of course, Fox sports college football insider, one of the best in the business, Bruce, always a pleasure. Thanks for making the time, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Good conversation, man. Thank thank you. All right. Take care. There he is. Bruce Feldman with us here. Uh, 
Always good stuff from him. So I guess t- TBD to be determined on what mo- happens moving forward. Something's so. up. Something's up here. Yep. Something yep. doesn't feel right. Yep. All right, Cappy, we got to wrap here. So coming up next, we're going to get to your game notes. We're going to review your game notes from last night. Uh, we'll have some fun with that next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 